It's London calling as we welcome you to TC Live, counting down the days to Wimbledon, now less than two weeks away from the year's third major on the pristine lawns of the All England Club. We are all across Europe this week. Here's what's coming up on the big show. Put some respect on her name. What are the odds returning champ Elena Rabakina will repeat at Wimbledon and why someone else is the favorite? Plus, two-time champion Andy Murray has been building his resume and ranking in hopes of making a magical run at the All-England Club next month. And a year ago, Annette Contivate was ranked number two in the world. Today, she announced her retirement. We will explain what happened and when she will play her final match. Come on into our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman, Paul Anacode on the big screen. We've got our guy Andy Roddick. A lot to get to on the show today. But we got to start with Hubie Hercotch. Seven match points finally getting past Chris Eubanks. But a great second set and, and comeback for Eubanks there in that match. It's just so great to see Chris playing such big-time tennis. You know, we saw him kind of launch into it in Miami this year and feeling comfortable at the big moments. And his game really is made for grass. I mean, he needs to, I think, just shore up a little bit uh, the return and neutral ball shot, um, can maybe block a few more returns and use his athleticism. But you are not safe when you're on the other side of the net. Big weapons, a lot of fun, and Hercotch did a nice job in the third set after losing a heartbreaker in the second. Yeah, tough one there, Andy. Yeah, not a new situation for me on this show when I have to go second and end up just parroting whatever <laughs> Paul Anacone says. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's got to figure out how to make returns. He has to kind of have that variation. Am I a volume returner where I'm going to make a bunch, where I'm going to chip and get into the points a la Roger Federer? Or am I going to take some cuts? And when are those moments to actually step in? When are the moments to become a volume returner? Uh, he will figure it out. But I think his, his, his ceiling is, is the highest on grass. Uh, compared to any other surface. So hopefully big things ahead for, for Eubanks coming up this grass court season. Absolutely. We start the show by flashing back to Wimbledon last year, and that's where Elena Rabakina, after defeating Simona Halep in the semis, came from a set down to beat Angebur and win her first major title. But with no points given out last year, she stayed outside the top 20. However, her level has stayed up, and now at number three in the world, Rabakina entering Berlin as the two-seed, riding an eight-match winning streak. Facing Veronica Kudermatova's little sister, Polona, Andy. Didn't know there were multiple Kudermatovas, Steve. You learn something new every day. But what we didn't have to learn here was that Rabakina can absolutely strike it. She is made for this surface. You can't get her movement extended because she is so good at taking control of the middle of the court. Those deep returns straight at the middle. Doesn't have to force anything with her game uh, on this surface. And honestly, she has one of my favorite serves that I've ever seen. The rhythm of it is perfect. We know that she can hit those winners uh, from the baseline. There's the big knock and the second ball controlling it up the line. This is just a natural fit. We were surprised by her winning Wimbledon last year. Uh, it will be zero surprise if she goes the distance this year. Should be the favorite, in my humble opinion, Steve Weissman. Ooh, already calling it. We're going to talk about that a little later. But one of the favorite serves Andy Roddick has ever seen. 
Pretty big words there for Rabak. And how about the top seed, Arena Sabalenka, Paul, making her grass court debut this year, facing former world number two, Vera Zvonareva. Yeah, this is going to be another favorite at the All-England Club. Sabalenka, so much power on the grass is going to be a nightmare. If she can harness her serve and kind of uh, reel in the double fault-itis, she'll be in good shape because she's hitting the ball so well. And with a major under her belt this year, I think she really believes she belongs. And uh, once you get to Wimbledon, though, there's a little different pressure and feeling in those last few days if you get there to play those matches. So we'll see how she does. But if she plays like she did today, she is going to be brutal to deal with on the grass. Gets her first win in Berlin, 35th this season. That is tied for the tour lead. Let's hear from her. It was your first match on grass, but you felt really sharp today. I don't know, I just try to stay in the game, uh, ignore the interesting bounce and just try to play my best tennis and make sure you guys enjoy, enjoy watching us playing. You played a legend today. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's... Uh, I totally agree with you and yeah, that's crazy. Probably one day I'll be, I'll be also a legend. <laughs> <laughs> you are already a legend, Arena. I love that. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll be a legend, too. Uh, here are the latest FanDuel odds for the ladies at Wimbledon. Iga Sviantek, your betting favorite right now. She's won four majors, but she has never made it past the fourth round at Wimbledon. Carolina Mukhova, two-time Wimbledon quarterfinalist, just made the Roland Garros final. You got Rabakina, you got Sabalenka. Uh, Andy, you, you said earlier, Rabakina's your favorite. Make your case for why Elena Rybakina would be your favorite to win at the All-England Club? Because she's the best grass court player in the world. Uh, on but the other than that. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 listen, I, I, you won't find a bigger fan of Iga Sviantek than me. I have so much respect for her, and so none of this is a, is a slight to Iga, but she's unproven uh, on, on this service. And what she does, creating those RPMs, the movement that she has on clay, those things don't translate to a grass court Conversely, everything that is a struggle for Rabakina on clay with the movement, uh, slowing down her shots through the court is additive uh, at Wimbledon. Um, you, you know, so I, I don't know how you can, you can you can't make Rabakina the favorite. I actually would think that Sabalenka might be the second favorite, uh, and then maybe Iga uh, third, fourth. But uh, Iga is largely unproven. I'm sure she would uh, on grass. She would probably tell you the same thing. Um, and she does have some challenges on this surface, especially if it's playing quick. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to parrot Andy this time because yeah. I feel the exact same way. I mean, I, I think Rabakin has been there and done it. So most importantly, I feel most comfortable with her in terms of the nerves when you get to semis and mm -hmm. finals. After what I saw last year, ice running through her veins and the fact that she was able to execute and with that serve and her style of play is awesome. And Sabalenka and, and um, Sviantek would be my next two. And I'm not sure that uh, I would put uh, Sabalenka second, except I just don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen with any of them with the nerves. To me, the level is so close and there's so much parity that I'm going to go with the person that I feel has the biggest weapons and the best nerves at the top of the game, and that's Rabakina to me. Yeah, I, I agree with Andy. I, I would put Rabakina and Sabalenka both above Sviantec, and I think Sabalenka really has something to prove. Couldn't play last year because they didn't allow players from Belarus to play at Wimbledon, made the semifinals the year before, so... Those would be my top two favorites. Can't count out Coco Golf, though. Coco, of course, back in action today in Berlin against Katarina Siniakova. Made the semifinals here last year, Andy. That's her best grass court result. 
Yeah, and I, you're curious to see how Coco is going to manage uh, the change in surface, how to get more traffic going to the backhand like this so she can change directions uh, in a flat way. Uh, I like the surface for her. This is where we first saw her break onto the scene. It was at Wimbledon. I can't believe it was already four years ago with that uh, big win over Queen Venus. But I like her moving forward. There has to be a reason, and there has to be something to translate from her playing all of the doubles that she's played uh, with Jess Pagula. Uh, I want to see her come forward more. She is... Uh, very literate at the net, volleys well, moves well at the net. I don't hate that play on the forehand if she needs to use it to create some space, but anything to kind of create a different game, change the game plan that has to be played against her. I like Coco on the surface, though. I think she can be very effective. Five aces, zero double faults. Coco did a whole TikTok about having zero double faults. She will take on her Toggenbox champ, or Katarina Alexandrova next. We move to the men at Queens Club. Carlos Alcaraz, just his third tour-level event on grass, Andy, facing a lucky loser in Arthur Rinder connection. Carlito said it was really difficult at the beginning to adapt his game to this surface. Totally. The grass is it's rarely the thing that works right away. Even uh, Paul will tell you the great Pete Sampras didn't like grass, you believe it or not, the first couple of years. And so it, it certainly is an acquired taste. The skill set's there. Carlos loves to come forward. He's going to have to actually manage his movement and not just be this wild, crazy stallion of speed all the time, maybe run through some shots. Uh, but I love the way he stayed there. Would have been very easy for him to go away. Rindakanish actually, uh, the surface really looks good on him. Uh, but Carlitos, listen, the guy knows how to compete. He will figure it out in time. It's going to be really fun to watch the progression of his game on this service. But he has all the pieces. He can open up big. He likes coming forward. The service big enough. I look forward to seeing him get better and better on this surface. As Andy calls him, the Chuckster, now 8-1 and one in his career in deciding set tie breaks. If he wins this week, he'll get back to number one in the world. Meantime... A guy who's already been to number one, Andy Murray, absolute legend at Wimbledon, ending Great Britain's 77-year drought for a men's champ. That was back in 2013. Came back three years later to win it again. 60 career wins at the All-England Club, by far his most at any major. And Murray entering Queens after winning back-to-back -back challenger titles on the grass, Paul. He is a five-time Queens Club champ facing Alex Dimonor today. Yeah, th that's a lot of tennis. I tell you, it's two titles no matter what level. That's a lot of tennis for Andy Murray. And a step up in class today against Alex Dimonor. This is just an awkward matchup. He'd never beaten Dimonor before, I believe 0-3. And today, Demonar got the early break and was really just a little bit more solid from the back of the court. Had all the answers early on, able to use those great wheels to come forward when necessary. And the beginning of the second set, Demonar was the one that stretched the lead. Look at the move here. Takes the ball early, comes forward. This is not going to be a good matchup for anybody on grass. Alex Demonar is dangerous. He's going to be someone that's going to be really difficult to finish. Moves well. And look at the trajectory of the ball off his racket on a grass court. Gets on you really quickly. And Andy just didn't have the answers today. But look, that's a lot of tennis so far for Andy Murray. He's going to just miss out on being seated but he is going to be excited to walk through the gates at the All-England Club. Andy Murray had won 10 straight matches on the grass coming in, only dropped one set in those matches. Andy, what, how would you characterize his chances now of entering Wimbledon after what you saw today?
I don't think it changes too much. I think what, what Paul said, listen, that many matches in two weeks, winning back-to-back titles is tough when you have two good hips. Uh, yeah. I can only imagine it's extra challenging when you only have one good hip, uh, like Andy Murray. But also, uh, something to think about, uh, Andy compared the, uh, the, the the surface that he was playing on last week in the Challenger to Wimbledon, which in my mind means maybe it's a little bit slower. Queens Club might be the fastest grass court on earth, especially the early days of the tournament when it hasn't been played on at all. So even though it's the same surface uh, when you're looking at it, right, grass is grass. It doesn't always work that way. This is a faster surface. Demonor is obviously a matchup that is tough for Murray at this stage in his career. So I'm sure he's very upset. I'm sure he wanted to play well at a tournament that he's won a record-breaking five times. Uh, just wasn't to be today. Struggled a little bit and then started trying to force the issue. Uh, also, the big thing with Andy Murray always, if he's not making first serves, then people are going to get looks uh, to break. And so that was one of the things for him. It felt like a server was a little bit out of rhythm today as well. Yeah, Demonar is a tough matchup, I, and, and I think, you know, it doesn't change the landscape at Wimbledon for Andy. I think it's such a special place for him. Um, superstars come out with their best stuff at the biggest moments, and, and that's what I see. I just think this is a really difficult style matchup for him, and that's happened in the past. And I think that the 10 matches leading into this actually helped his confidence to a degree, but this is a step up in level, just a little bit too tough for me. In a weird way, I would say this is kind of a blessing. He mm. wanted to get seated, but he's not going to get seated. But now he can have the right amount of rest and get into the tournament because he's already played 11 matches. Yep. It's not like he's not going to have any matches going into Wimbledon. So let's see what happens. I don't know if he's taking a wild card or entered next week in Eastbourne, but we'll get our best people on that to find out. And we will let you know about that right here on TC Live with all the latest news. A lot more still to come on the big show. We got two Americans ranked inside the top 10 for the first time in more than a decade. Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo looking to be the king of queens when we come back. Tennis Channel is my lifeblood. Um, you can ask my wife. She will tell you begrudgingly that it's my lifeblood. One of the things I found when I came to Tennis Channel is that the underlying love of the game and also the camaraderie between people in front of the camera and behind the camera makes it like a family environment. We have such a great time elbowing each other in the ribs. Uh, we have such a good time kind of listening and learning from each other, being serious when we have to be serious, but also having a great time doing it. And the thing about the people that work here, it's just like the great tennis players on tour. Everyone's got a different personality. So we have a lot of different people with a lot of different personalities, which I find really enjoyable. It is a melting pot of personalities, but I think the underlying theme is that we're one big happy family and we love what we do and we get to share it with each other and have a great time while we do it. Happy birthday, Tennis Channel. Could not agree that more. Was that was me. With, with Paul there. <laughs> How great of a teammate is Paul Anico and Andy? Oh, man. Uh, listen, one, one, of, one of the pleasures of, of the last three years and working with uh, with everyone at Tennis Channel is I always like to say the best version of myself has strong opinions that are loosely held. And after I hear someone like after I hear someone like a Paul Anacone or a Jim Currier or a Steve Weissman get into it and get under, beneath the weeds, 
I, I'm, I'm prone to changing my mind, right? And I love that experience. I love hearing why I'm wrong, why my opinion doesn't fit. Uh, and, you know, hopefully sometimes I'm also on the good side of the opinion along with Paul, but it's just been so much fun. Yep. Got to be able to hold up the mirror. Got to be able to laugh a little bit. Got to be open-minded, but have opinions. And then when we go to commercial, we get to yell at each other behind the scenes. <laughs> That's right. There is nothing like the TC family. The very best, Paul. Uh, still to come, why is 27-year-old Annette Contivate stepping away from tennis? And where will she play her final match? We've got all the answers straight ahead. Andy Paul and Steve back on TC Live and back to Queens we go in London. American Francis Tiafo played his first match as a top 10 player. Andy coming off that win at Stuttgart facing Botic Van Dezenschel. And back to just, he, he was just top 10-ing today. Weissman, yeah. just from the word go, was just dominating. But that off backhand flat and the ability to change directions with that backhand, I love the way his backhand moves to the court. I also, listen, he's not slipping and sliding all over the place. Look at the footwork. He's in position uh, for these shots, not slipping around, mixing in this, this average shot there, but then recovers with the little flippy Magoo uh, cross court to pass. Uh, Bowditch again, and then I like the way he's returning off that forehand side. Everything looks comfortable on the grass for Francis Tiafo. I love the way he's playing his points, constructing different options. Has that one too? Why not, Steve? Why not? He's already there. He might as well do it. All kinds of confidence. The man is top tenning. Big foe now five straight wins. Only dropped four points on his first serve. Saved all three break points. Converted three of his own. Speaking of top tenning, how about Taylor Fritz? Taking on Bernabe Zapata Mirais, who has never won a match on grass ball. He has not. And for Taylor Fritz, he's got a bunch of good days under his belt with Michael Russell cracking the whip on the grass over there after his loss last week. And today he went out there and played a solid match. Didn't make a lot of first serves, but when they went in, he won the point. But he got the early break, used some subtle drop shots. He moved pretty well. It's a little slippery, but he did do a good job moving at the back of the court. Came in a few times when he had to. Used the big forehand. That's a nice pickup right there. A tough ball with a big western grip to hit that one back. But Taylor did a good job. And this is where things just about came to an end. A good break of serve at five ball in the second. Playing in the twilight at Queens Club. And this is a heck of an effort for Taylor just to get out, get that win under his belt, and move on along. And Taylor Fritz is entered in Eastbourne next week. We've got our guys on it, Paul. Andy Murray, not on the entry list, but could get one of the three wild cards in Eastbourne. Yes, he could. To hollow we go, Andy. The 12th meeting between Alexander Zverev and Dominic Team. Careers have gone in quite different directions since that U.S. Open final in 2020. Yeah, we ain't in 2020 anymore, Toto. I'll tell you that much right now. And Zverev coming off a, a great semifinal result uh, at the French Open. You had to feel like this uh, this court, the service favors him uh, at this point in their careers. Was never team's uh, favorite surface. Obviously, the pressure set of playing uh, in your home country is always a bit of an outlier. But I thought Zverev looked really good, taking those returns early. Uh, Line was wide open there, Paul Anico, and that was like Taco Bell. That was 24 7. Uh, but Zverev worked through it, served well, uh, he, he, and they still have that special handshake. I'm glad they haven't forgotten it, Steve. <laughs> we got to come up with one of those. Drop the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I mean, we got one. We got all the references from Roddick on that highlight. Love it.
Taco uh, Bell, 24-7. Yannick Sinner preventing Richard Gasquet from getting <laughs> win number 601. Defending Berlin champ Algebur upset in straight sets. Yelena Ostapenko, she gets Venus Williams next. Looking forward to that matchup as we enter the social net. Bit of a shocker here. Annette Contivate announced she will retire after Wimbledon. Said she has lumbar disc degeneration, which makes it impossible to continue at the top level, Paul. Yep, join the club. I have the same thing, and that's actually why I retired. L4, L5, degenerative joint disease. And uh, I tried to play for a couple of years. It's unbelievably painful, and it can be misleading because you'll get two or three days and you feel okay, and then you won't be able to walk for four or five days. And it's one of these things, at least my case, where the doctor said, yeah, you can have surgery, but it might not do anything. It might, but it might not. So it's a, it's really a shame. 27 years of age. She had such a great year a couple of years back. Got so hot. And the biggest thing is with athletes, as Andy will tell you, is you just want to retire on your own terms. That's what I was going to say. Just It just stinks, especially. Uh, and last year, I mean, we, we all remember that match against Serena Williams last year at the U.S. Open. Oh, by the way, she was ranked two in the world. Uh, when that match took place. So you really feel like she she kind of had a new lease on the career. The best results were coming. And then to be faced with this, and then, you know, not even a year later, be forced, kind of have a forced retirement. Um, it just stinks. Uh, if I was talking to her, I'd say, hey, listen, the other side's pretty good too. So you got a lot of a lot of life and a lot of happy memories ahead of you. We wish you uh, health in the future. This, this just stinks. We wish it was on your terms, but um, plenty of good things ahead for Annette Conovit. Six career titles for Contivate, one of the best indoor hardcourt players in the world at 27, going to end her career after Wimbledon. We wish Annette all the best. Hope uh, to see her at Wimbledon. And by the way, tennis channel, we, we always got spots open, Annette. So you want to be that Come guest? Up to the desk. Guest analyst. <laughs> you know, we, we've got the audition ready at the All England Club. Our coverage starts tomorrow, 5 a.m. Eastern. Back with more TC Live to wrap it up after the action. Encores all night long. More TC Live after this. Welcome back. It's that time. Hot shot of the day. Andy, was Flippy Magoo involved in the hot shot today? We're about to see right here. I know Speedy Magoo was involved because look at this burst from Carlos Alcaraz and then the collective gasp. Is he okay? Okay, he's still fist bumping. And we're on to the next one. But look at this burst of speed. I mean, he gets to 0 to 60 in about 10 I mean, it's just a joke how fast he is. Gets up. And by the way, that was the first point of a rigor. Big point. But this guy's a human highlight reel. Slippy it's Magoo. Slippy Magoo. Slippy Magoo. Yes. Slippy the Magoo, Magoo family, much like the Tennis Channel family. Right. It's very Slippy close. Magoo. Very yep. Very prominent family. <laughs> like, yeah. Center court coverage tomorrow, 5 a.m. Eastern. We've got Daniil Medvedev in action. Zverev taking on Chapovalov next. Maurice, Maria Saka was supposed to play tonight. They pushed that one against Alize Cornet to tomorrow. Look at the bottom one, though, guys. Yeah, that, stars and strikes, so, Andy Roddick. Let, let's talk oh, about it. Foe and Corda. Big foe, Sebastian Corda. 3-1 head-to-head for foe. This is their first meeting on grass, Andy. Who needs this match more? Who does it mean more for? I think it means more for, for Sebi uh, at this point in his year. Tiafo already has the confidence locked in for Wimbledon with his win in Stuttgart last year. He's going to be, uh, you know, seated in the top 10, has an established ranking. Korda has kind of had some stops and starts this year. Obviously, had a great run to the quarters uh, in Australia. The reason why I'm so excited about this matchup, though, is that I both I, I, both of them, I feel like they have significant upside on the surface. I feel like this might be both of their best service uh, in actuality. So I want to see 
this matchup, see how it plays out, see how Francis deals with uh, Porta's power, uh, who's going to get looks at serves. They both can flatten out the back end. They can both change directions. Francis may be a little bit more variety with the chippy magoobers and the coming in. Uh, but listen, I, I can't wait to see this. Paul, what do you what do you see here? No, I like it. I, I think the same exact thing. Francis's confidence is going to be locked in. He's had the better year already. Just got into the top 10 last week with the big win in Stuttgart. And for Sebi, we know how good he is. We've seen him play great tennis. He's had a hard time with the health, staying injury free. So now he's feeling pretty good. And his, his game on this surface should get help for his serve, which he needs periodically. Serves a little up and down, but the groundies flatten through the court. Look out, he's gonna be tough on the grass. 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel. Those two top 30 Americans. Then we got another American, Ben Shelton, in action against Lorenzo Musetti. Paul, they were all born less than a year apart. Different journeys to inside the top 35. How did their games match up? Well, look, I think for Ben, he's still trying to figure it out a little bit. It's so new to him. That huge lefty serve can play on every surface. And uh, for Lorenzo Musetti, I, I think um, Andy will be pleased because Musetti can be a little flippy magoo, slippy magoo. And what about Chippy Magoober? <laughs> Magoober. So Magoober is the you know second cousin twice removed lot, from Flippy Magoo. On. Yep, we got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De definitely well versed in the goo, but I, I don't know how he's gonna. I don't know how he's gonna return Ben Shelton's serve. That's a rough I mean, it actually, it, it's it, it's it's brutal, and especially this isn't gonna be, ever be Musetti's favorite service. It doesn't add value to anything that he does naturally well. What he's hoping is that his grit, guile, a little bit of experience can get to a break or steal a point here and there on Ben Shelton's serve. Uh, you know, he wants to get this win in on the grass before Shelton really figures out what he's doing uh, on the surface. But listen, Shelton's serve turns people into a mannequin sometimes, uh, just walking back and forth. And he, that, I'm telling you, that lefty serve flat to the forehand on the deuce side, you cannot return that serve. I'm calling Shelton. By the way, are the goos any relation to to Gwyneth Paltrow's goop? Third cousin. Stuff, or? Third cousin. Third cousin. I think. Yeah, loose, loose, loosely related. Okay. Oh, well, for, for all the, the goos, goobers, and, and, and goops, including Andy Roddick and Paul Anico, and I'm Steve Weissman. Thank you so much for watching TC Live today. The three of us back tomorrow to wrap up another huge day of action. Our encore coverage from all across Europe continues right now.